killer, man. So want to get into the new album and get your opinion on a couple things. But um, I, I think there's no way to, to not talk about the craziness over the past couple of years. And I think before we talk about the new album, we kind of have to talk about the last album, No Absolution, which kind of came out right when all the craziness started to happen. But take me back to then. I mean, that album came out uh, February of 2020. For us here in the U.S., the gauntlet kind of came down in March of 2020. But take me back to No Absolution coming out and and, and where you were at and, and the madness in the world. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, it was absolute madness. And the fact that that uh, the record came out about, I'd say it was like a couple of weeks before this started happening in Finland. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously everyone knows by now how the whole situation played out. But but to be honest, still to this day, what I've said to everyone is the fact that even if I would have known what was going to be happening during 2020 and 2021, I wouldn't have pushed the album release by even a month because I feel like with everything that was happening all around the world, it was our little kind of ease on people's lives getting no absolution out because obviously it, it had been four years since our previous record and we all felt obviously like it was the strongest material that we had uh, until that day. So to, so to be to be honest, I think everything went pretty much as well as could be uh, within the circumstances that we were living in, because, you know, at least people, you know, everyone was miserable, locked up at home, but at least they had a new record what to listen to. And, you know, finally, when we were able to play shows again, at least people knew the songs. And, you know, so many people from all around the world had have been sending us so many messages just saying thank you for this record. You know, it was it was that little glimpse of hope during those fucking terrible days. So to be honest, with everything going on and with all bands being just as grounded as, as we were, at least you know something positive was happening at that point for us absolutely and absolutely and certainly you know doing an album and and been four years like you had said it's almost like giving birth right like putting out an album it's like ah it's finally out how quickly did you turn the page and start working on if the sky came down how was it a couple months did you need some like like decompressing time after after getting out the baby of no absolution to start working on a new baby take me through that time when when did the ideas start to form for if the sky came down the the time that we were writing no absolution was probably like it was artistically probably the most difficult time that I've ever had in my life because I feel like the the transition that we had from brain dead to no absolution there was there was a lot of kind of contemplating within the band of what it is that we're actually doing and uh, obviously it was the right time for us to kind of um, take a step back from nuclear blast we decided that we wanted to take just as much time as we need to, to properly write the record we wrote about 60 or 70 songs during that period of time where we properly discovered what it is that lost society needs to say and wants to say for our next record and um you know, I felt for for the longest time, even after No Absolution had been recorded, I said to to the band and to our producer, Jonas, that I honestly don't know if I have another record in me. But he was just like, nah, dude, wait until the record's out and all of your floodgates will open again. And I was like, okay, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but it was absolutely true that when that record dropped, it feels like I got a new lease on on my musical life, so to say, because... I feel like I was I was in such a place where I'd let out everything that I previously had inside of me. And it was like, OK, now we can start fresh. And, uh, you know, obviously it was a few months of just doing nothing. It was just doing press on the record as much press as I could do at home. 
And, uh, you know, we didn't have any shows, we didn't have any festivals. So it was just like, I think we, we all took the first six months as pretty much just like, okay, well, we'll just take it easy for the first time in 10 years. But I feel like it was, it was properly like the end of 2020. And then especially the beginning of, of, of February 20 of, of 2021, where pretty much everything just went to absolute ish in my life, where I found myself in the point that I, that I said to myself, okay, I think I have one more album in me and that's it. I just couldn't see any future after that. So it was, I'd say that properly the, the whole kind of um, trauma that sparked if the sky came down and kind of started in early 2021. Can you talk about that? What happened to you? I mean, I thought if the sky came down was kind of a, a, a reference to the pandemic, but it sounds like it's much, much more personal than that. Well, no, I mean, actually, the, the crazy thing ended up being the fact that the pandemic actually didn't play any sort of part in the in the kind of message or the story of If the Sky Came Down. It was just because like the title itself and, you know, the album cover, it, it depicts a story of someone who's just everything that you trust around you that will always be there just suddenly disappears and just starts falling down like a domino or domino pieces. And for me, that just was 2021, where it just was a mixture of losing a, a close person. It was uh, the ending of a very long relationship. It was uh, family members in terrible health. And it was just from there on, it was also understanding that there's 26 years of my life that my mental health has not been in in proper order and that just finally gave in and it was just like it was just one of those situations where everything that could go wrong just went wrong and i was like you know what i'm done i'm doing this record and that's it and um you know here we are now a day after the record's out and to be honest the record release day was something that i didn't see coming if you if you would have talked to me six months ago so honestly everything went as well once again as could be under the circumstances because in so many ways writing and, re and releasing this album literally saved my life it must have been very cathartic with everything going on. And, and I imagine you're in therapy now and doing great, doing better. Absolutely. dude. It was, it's been nine months of, of therapy every single week. And, um, you know, I've, I've spoken very openly about it because I feel like it is, it is my responsibility also to tell people because it is something that's so, that, that's so big in the world. And it's still, unfortunately, such a taboo, even though it is get, we, we're getting to a better place around the world where people are openly talking about their mental health. But it is still something that, especially I feel like a, a certain part of the older generation just doesn't understand it. And it's still something that it is so difficult for, for kids to talk about to their parents or whatever. So I feel like it is my responsibility possibility to tell everyone that no matter how deep you find yourself no matter how dark the times are it is always it's always possible to dig yourself out of there and it's always possible to fight and it is totally okay to seek that help because that is the thing that also saved me amen amen brother keep preaching my dad was a uh, clinical psychologist my whole life growing up so i'm all about mental health. And, and I agree with you 1000%. It's like very taboo still in this day and age. And I don't know why. And I honestly wish it was something, you know, taxes is mandatory. I think mental therapy should be mandatory for everyone. You go at least once a year. 
A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. And I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. Like I feel like so many people just don't realize that, you know, if you, if you chip the tooth, you go to the dentist, if you broke your leg, you go to the doctor. So if you're not okay in here, why don't you do something about it? I think that's just the main thing. It has to be made normal. And I feel like with this album and with this conversation and with everything on, on social media that I'll, that I'll always be talking about, I feel like it's baby steps, but it's, it's necessary steps to make it an absolute normal thing. Yeah, no, and I, I love you for for having the the courage and open and honesty to talk about it. And I always try to use my platform, and I'm glad you use your platform as well to spread that word because it's so damn important, especially during all this pandemic and craziness and suicide numbers up and everything. So it, it's now more important than ever. And uh, sadly, on on a sad note, uh, we got to talk a little. Rest in peace, Alexi Leho. And I was hoping you could uh, share some some thoughts and stories about your old pal. Yeah, I mean, for, for sure, man. And that's like as i referred to it earlier in this conversation that was one of that was just a devastating thing because it's something that I, I don't i feel like not a lot of people saw that coming and i for one definitely did not see that coming and and you know i mean luckily we are in a in a place right now you know a couple of years after where we're finally in a place where everyone can just be super grateful and happy for all the great times that we had together, you know, and cherish those memories forever. But, you know, I mean, Alexi, as far as I'm concerned, he was, he's the reason why I am still here because, you know, that, that whole work ethic that he always had, the art that he made and everything, it was something that since I was seven years old, I always looked up to. And the fact that I was able to, uh, to get to know the guy and play in a band with him and get to tour, tour a bunch of places together. It's something that I'm always going to hold very close to me. And I mean, you know, since the first time we met each other, which was, uh, it was 2013, it was our first tour that we supported them in Finland for about five shows. I, uh, I'll always remember the fact that, you know, obviously to us, they were rock stars. They were the ultimate rock stars because we idolized them in so many ways. And them just, you know, coming up to us being like, oh, you know what? We love your stuff and thank you for being on this tour and, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you guys are normal guys. I love that. It's like those people were the epitome of being just the most kind of like feet on the ground. It's like none of the rock star bullish, even though they were in our eyes, just the ultimate rock stars and they flick up work. So, I mean, that was definitely something that we always held very close to us. And, and as I said about his work ethic, because, you know, for Alex, it was all about practicing. It was like, if you want to stay on top, you got to practice. You got to work your ass off. You got to make sure that your newest album is always better than than your hit album or the best album. And it's, it was just, he was all about the music. And that's something that if, you know, in 20 years, if I can be on the level that he was, I'll, I'll consider myself a very lucky person. And that's something that we are always striving towards. And I'm kind of curious, man, as we lose people, I've kind of tried to think of a way to honor them. And we do by keeping their memory alive, by talking about them and sharing stories. And the one thing we all have in common is being music fans. Is there one band that, that he turned you on to, or that you turned him on to, or that you bonded over? Is there, is there a band that oh comes my to God. mind? I can tell you the, the bands that we bonded over because um, for the last couple of years, that he was still with us we we played together in a band called the local band basically just a, a covers band of 80s bands that we loved uh it was myself nice. i played bass he played guitar uh only from reckless love was singing and you from the 69 eyes played drums <laughs> and um 
it was unbelievable to see because you know we played just Bon Jovi covers, we did Poison covers, Rat, David Lee Roth, stuff like that, and it was crazy to realize that we all came from such similar backgrounds. But especially me and Alexi, because it it just turns out that he loves. 80s music and so do I because you know some of the first bands that I got into were bands like that it was the hair metal thing I loved that <laughs> and the first band that I played in um, that I sang in w- which was like a side project when I just started Lost Society was a glam rock band that I sang in so I think that you know the Bon Jovi's and the Poisons the Motley Crue's that's the stuff that we always bonded with bonded on which was unbelievable <laughs> I love it man I love that Bodum uh, covers record he did and there was some Poison on there and stuff in the Britney's Spears cover and like that that was so much fun (laughs) it was unbelievable and and yeah actually to be honest like actually now that you say it it's crazy that actually a lot of the the COB covers that they did on all of the records they actually turned me on to a lot of different stuff also that I hadn't heard previously because like for example the first song that I learned on guitar was uh, the Children of Bodom version of Somebody Put Something in My Drink by the Ramones. <laughs> so it's crazy that since then, I mean, he put me on to a lot of stuff even without me realizing it. <laughs> oh, that's the best. That's the best, man. I appreciate a couple of stories and, and talking about him. And uh, dude, with the new album out, are we any closer to you getting back to the good old uh, US of A and tour plans? Anything coming? Oh, man. A hundred percent. I really hope, uh, I'm not going to say I hope, I know it's going to be next year for sure. It's been way too long. It's been five or eight since the last time that we've been to the U.S. So it's about time and I think next year will be the year. Awesome, man. I cannot wait. And dude, I appreciate all the time, Sammy. I got one last band to bug you about because we're an old school radio station. We do a feature every night, which you're going to be a part of called Mandatory Metallica. So I was let's go. I was trying to think for you, man, if you had to going back to your early thrash roots, like if you had to for charity or something, if you had to cover something, what do you think your voice is best suited for? What Metallica song do you love so much that you would have to do? Oh my God, dude, that's a difficult one. But actually, um, it's funny. I, I actually did a few years back. It was probably like three or four years back. I was a part of this really cool kind of all-star lineup uh, Metallica tribute band that we did in Finland. We did like two shows in the course of two years, but it, it had a bunch of, of a bunch of local legends from Finland and the Finnish metal scene. And we did a bunch of songs. I mean, off of the top of my head, it would probably be like... I'd love to do something off of Kill 'Em All, nice. just because. I mean, I love all. I love all of the early Metallica stuff. Also, I mean, I I'm I'm very alone with this opinion very often, but I think that the Black Album is the best Metallica record, and I get so much wish for that. But just for this segment, I'm gonna say it would be something off Kill 'Em All, maybe um, Metal Militia or something like that. I think that would be pretty dope. That'd be <laughs> rad, man. Yeah, that I think that first album. I won't fight you on on the Black Album. I agree, it's a great album, Master is my masterpiece from them and I always thought the first album Kill 'Em All was so punky it had such like a punk rock vibe to it yeah definitely definitely I mean there's just the rawness of everything on it is really cool and it's or like it's because it's the perfect um it's the perfect mixture of being so raw for that age but it's still something that you've managed to make with sounds that still live up to this day and age which is really cool and i feel like not a lot of people are able to do that like in in the sense that you know like think of Jimi hendrix also it's stuff that came out about 50 years ago but it still lives up to everything that's coming out nowadays Mm -hmm. i feel like it's Mm -hmm. a challenge for bands nowadays to write something or have the the sound quality that will still be relevant in 50 years 
So I think Metallica was one of those bands that was able to do that properly also. Hell yeah. And if you did Metal Militia, would you play guitar to it too? Would you do the vocals and guitar? You think you could cover the head? Dude, I would get my... I would get myself that creamy white Elfkin flying V and I would sing and play guitar. <laughs> Beautiful, Sammy. Thank you so much for the time and the great tunes. And man, I cannot wait for the U.S. tour next year. Oh, man. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And I hope I see you very soon, man. Cheers. Cheers, man. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming on live at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.